0: Hi, it's Jill Schlesinger. On this
1: episode of Jill on Money, how can you bring more creativity into your work? I don't like to look or hold my phone. I don't like to have it near me. Like, we're sitting in front of each other. I don't have any technology Mm -hmm. here. Because I think it is a barrier to listening and to speaking clearly and feeling like you have the time and space to respond organically as opposed to, I need to be thinking about the next thing. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. We're
0: presented by Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Sometimes our guests are really focused on your personal finances but other times they're focused on you your human capital how you can make yourself better at work get more out of your career today's guest is Tanya Katan. she's written a book called creative trespassing Tanya says you don't have to turn into a corporate drone to kick butt in the working world so to help us learn how to be distinctly creative within our jobs here's our interview with Tanya Katan.
1: you're listening to Jill on money with Jill Schlesinger
0: Tanya Katan, welcome to the program thank you for having me Jill all right you know how we start this you already you already spilled the beans that you actually know this best financial or career decision
1: you've ever made getting a degree in theater what I know I know how crazy that talk pay? it trained me for everything that I do in my life and the skills are so transferable to the workforce do you know what's so funny last year end of the year I sent
0: out a note to maybe a dozen of my friends who are all different career types but very successful in whatever career they were in and I said what is the best class you ever took I just thought it was a fun question and a number of them said improv and why do you think that would be why improv
1: well one game in improv that's really famous is called yes and and the whole idea is that you can't say no to any proposition that comes your way you have to say yes and then ramp it up and come up with a better idea or something bigger so it's about embracing change constantly
0: you've written a book and it's called (laughs) creative trespassing how to put the spark and joy back into your work and life so why'd you do that
1: yeah so I actually have been speaking publicly and in companies and corporations and organizations for years and about creativity in the workspace
0: how did you get into
1: that uh, gosh, it started when I started making some programs at a contemporary art museum that were wilder than the typical programs. So, for do you go to contemporary art museums?
0: Yes, I do. I have been to many. Okay,
1: uh, I don't doubt this. I'm asking. I, I, I like that, <laughs> but I, I like that you asked. Yes,
0: I have been to many.
1: Okay, so uh, before I would go, we I grew up very poor and with a single mommy. Wait, went, where'd you grow up? Phoenix, Arizona. A Jewess in Phoenix. <laughs> Wow. I did not fit in in any way I'm hmm. just saying not even Scottsdale Phoenix? I you're so funny well we were really poor so I had... you couldn't do be in Scottsdale <laughs> no, not unless section 8 housing supported it
0: hold on I need to go back a second <laughs> yes please. we need the, the Tanya oh, origin God. story you were born in Phoenix
1: born in New York uh-huh uh, my dad New York Abby my mom uh, an aspiring social worker okay they divorced and my mom wanted to just be as far away from my dad as possible and she had family in Arizona so she moved us kids to Arizona
0: and so you moved to Phoenix
1: you're your
0: poor mom's struggling how she's supporting you guys
1: so this is where I learned actually that creativity is currency uh, we would have friends who really had money and when summer camp came around we wanted to go and our friends were going we couldn't afford it so my mom bartered her skills as a cook for the camp so that we could go to summer camp oh that's brilliant um, and then she also taught art making classes so we could go to other summer camps and uh, yeah and and at first I was like embarrassed it's like oh my gosh my mom's the cook hook, you know. And then when they tasted her food, they're like, your mom's awesome. Um, So yeah, I realized that creativity had currency. But she also
0: had I mean your mom had uh, had some moxie and some guts and and smarts that she took the skills she had and said wait how am I gonna help my kids and use it that's so brilliant
1: yeah totally I mean you know she's a survivor and and a thriver I mean she wasn't going she didn't let obstacles stand in her way and she was like a mama bear Mm. she was gonna let like her kids starve or not be able to do things in the world
0: now where is she from originally France so she grew up in France?
1: Uh, she spent the first 13 years of her life in France. How's your French? Tu français un petit peu. That sounds pretty good, though. Thank you. Uh, Put the accent, down. Well, I know how to basically, like, insult people in three different languages and then apologize in two.
0: So you went to get a
1: theater degree. Yes,
0: and where did you go to do that?
1: I went to Arizona State University. All right,
0: ASU. Uh, look at go, look at I who's know. there.
1: Go, Sun Devils. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. I I went because I lived in Arizona, and uh, you know, again, having like an immigrant mom, I who didn't who didn't have a degree. Nobody had a degree in my family. She's like, "Well, figure it out on your own," and I'm like, "Oh, there's a university nearby. Maybe I should apply." And for free? Is that a state
0: school that you got? I
1: wish it was. It's not. It's not. That's the just very ask confusing. my student loan company. That's
0: a very very confusing thing because why do not go to University of Arizona, which is
1: in Tucson? It's, that's not free either.
0: What's this big state school? That's that's California. But you don't have any state school where it's no. cheaper as an no you can residence?
1: go well in state residents it's cheaper yeah it ain't free okay just saying
0: so you went and you got some debt and you studied theater right <laughs> yes then what was your first job out of school.
1: I wanted to actually work in theater. I trained in playwriting. And so I got a job interning at Phoenix Theater, helping them in development. The only problem was I didn't know anything about like Excel spreadsheets. And my job was to reach out to donors and thank them. Oh. But I didn't know how to find the donors in the database. And then once I did, I think I thanked them for the wrong amount. So that didn't last very long. No, not good. Not, not good. Not a good at all. skill set match. No. <laughs> what did you do after that? After that, I really wanted to go into theater. So I left, um, I, I got an internship in San Francisco at a lifestyle magazine and went there and started writing plays that were. Produced. Wow. I didn't realize, however, that I wasn't going to make a living writing plays. Mm. Yeah. It was even better. I mean, then I jumped into all kinds of different jobs. I mean, I always had a slash mark. So it was like playwright slash barista. Uh huh. You know, playwright slash print broker. Mm-hmm. I worked lots of different jobs. And so industries. it's funny.
0: So you're this very creative type. But on the other hand, you're like, I have this creative thing, but I got to make a living. And so you has have basically created a career where you've channeled that creativity and figured out a way to monetize it in a weird way, right? Yeah, totally. And so did that just sort of happen by accident or did you did you say, "Wait a minute, I can't make a living as a playwright. What can I do next?" How did that how did this evolve?
1: Yeah, so I think it was actually after my 20s and literally working as like a grocery store bagger and a barista and all these different jobs uh, I started to have this consciousness of like what am I bringing to these jobs because I seem to be the same person and bringing in all these creative skills it's just that the job is really different the frameworks really different so for example when I used to bag groceries I would engage my colleagues in little contests that were unofficial I'd say okay how many grumpy customers can we make smile today and that made the work go by faster made it more fun we didn't you know lose money for the company And so I realized, oh, I have these skills that travel with me into different forms. And then that really blew my mind because I thought, well, we don't need to be like in a job or in uh, an industry that's uniquely creative to be uniquely creative within our work.
0: Is that kind of your message that wherever you are you can be creative absolutely and what about someone who says I'm not creative it doesn't matter
1: a lot of people say that and so creativity I'm not talking about you need to be an artist or a painter or a writer it's about using your imagination to create something and whether you're an accountant or a marketer you have to use your imagination to you know let's say you're an accountant accountants love to say well be creative with the numbers Tanya do you think that's a good idea and I'm like no you don't like you're not cooking the books kids Um, but however sometimes in your accounting, you'll miss something. And if you start to ask like, well, what if I miss that because I was at lunch earlier that day talking to a good friend and I forgot to record that receipt. So that's just accessing memory to find out what's missing or to solve a problem.
0: You know, we we do have two different sides to us. And Mm -hmm. I I think
1: you're right like accessing some of that
0: creativity
1: can really help so what happens with people who are pursuing something very specifically like accounting for example or marketing is they often have a rich creative life outside of the work that they relegate to the weekends and so with the book I am not only saying but showing stories and examples of how to bring that creativity that we reserve for you know the weekends into our nine-to-five and that it actually fuels it and it helps us solve problems more easily
0: so what is your feeling about sort of how much we should blend these two worlds in other words sometimes you want to just have something that's separate from your work life and that's yours your pianist or you're a cook or whatever you're doing is
1: that better worse judgment no judgment no 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 I, it's actually great uh, so the the key is though to maintain your creative imaginative life period so whether you're doing it on the outside you're still bringing in that energy and problem-solving because you're doing it in different forms how did I create that song from the piano oh I hit this one note you can't help your subconscious will bring that in and fuel your regular work
0: so why does a company hire you right now to come in what do you what do you think the brass is seeking and is it different than what you deliver
1: what they want is A couple of things one a lot of companies especially tech companies that are bringing me in are all about innovation and about acceleration so you know coming up with new ideas and then executing on them and moving quickly and so the two the second part is about alignment any company you know they have their stated values here's what we believe in their writ large and then they're the on the ground realities and so I come in and I show them through my own work being embedded in companies and through artists contemporary artists and people they might not ever pursue or be aware of in the world and I show how to make a connection between thought and form between the idea and how we execute on it
0: so when you go through this process in a workplace where do you get pushback
1: oh from every direction that's actually pushback is a sign that I'm on the right track however whenever I engage in creative trespassing when embedded in a company organization I'm always honoring the company the mission and the vision it's not it's about serving the greater good not like serving me Um, so that's first and foremost Uh, I get pushback oh I remember making a video series for a contemporary art museum where I would run around and interview people and I try to win employee of the month not earn it the the board of directors and concerned citizens and others were like she's not working tanya's just having fun and i said as if the two are mutually exclusive Uh but what happened was i learned how to qualify and quantify what i was doing so if i could show the numbers i was hired to do x y and z increase revenue streams engage new audience members and if i could show the numbers which i did then what can you say this is Jill on money
0: we'll get back to our interview in just a second now if you've been listening to this show you probably recognize that it's me Jill Jill Schlesinger I'm also a certified financial planner a CBS News business analyst and yes the host of this podcast called Jill on money okay today I am here to tell you about our sponsor Marcus by Goldman Sachs despite the taboo money is not only personal it is social Marcus serves up financial tips insights and inspiration to help you get better about your finances and you can join in on the conversation by following at Marcus by Goldman Sachs on Facebook Instagram and LinkedIn or at Marcus on Twitter every follow is a financial step in the right direction you can money and now back to our interview with Tanya Katan. there are 21 rules of creative trespassing doesn't Who sound did bare. that? Yeah, you did that. Oh my gosh, um, fantastic! What do you want to give us your top three gosh. or not? Yeah, here they are. Oh, I mean, oh, you I talk have... about fear. They yeah. say that? Do so... I have in the galleys? Do you have more t- than twenty-one in the final edition? That's I a great hope.
1: question. Um, you know, first of all, we made changes, and I even added a chapter after it was done. What? That's how I roll. Oh I embrace God. change You're all the insane. time. I would say, well, I have two favorite. So the rules correspond with the chapters. Yeah. So fear is so last year. I love. You like that? Well, because people d- are fearful about a million things. They're yes. so scared
0: to rock the boat. I guess that there is fear that is always bubbling beneath. There's fear of the unknown.
1: Well, right. And there's also two things. One, theater trained me to address fear because the primary, like, the foundation of theater is suspension of disbelief. Mm. So that's the whole idea of, like, you let go of your fear and your perceptions and assumptions and you take a leap of faith into an unknown world. So there you have it. That's a foundation for leaping into the unknown. And then also, you know, I read Pema Chodron a lot, who's a Buddhist nun and teacher. and Like everybody. No, I mean, I don't know. Maybe everybody, I, this no. is very, I've listened to the show. It's highly highly intelligent and savvy and evolved people and evolving people are listening. Um, you know, and she talks about it in the face of fear, it's not about avoiding it. It's about going towards it and embracing it. And once you do, it dissolves. So, you know, I thought I don't fit into technology. I don't belong here. And it was because I was an outsider that I was able to see some of the issues and find solutions for them.
0: I like the fear one but I also like you have a very in-depth conversation about listening there are so many people who are just not in tune now again maybe maybe that's because these are people who are not used to listening they are they're used to reading from a screen maybe that's part of the issue but sometimes don't you find that you you respond to something and there's no feedback from the person and you assume that person heard you even when i'm when I'm doing radio hits, somebody will ask me a question that I've just covered because they're trying to think forward and not being engaged in the moment.
1: Yes, I had to learn to listen. I was a uh, like uh- uh uh- uh-huh. uh-huh, uh-huh. That's pre technology, right? Until somebody said that I worked with was like, I can't explain anything to you. I'm like, what is wrong with you? You're so nasty. And she's like, whenever I am trying to explain a process to you, you're just saying uh huh uh huh uh huh, like you already know it. And I was like, oh my gosh, uh, she's. And then for years, I actually, whenever I think of her, I'm like, she's just mean. <laughs> and then one day, I I was aware that I am I was filling in the space between knowledge and learning with my uh huh uh uh-huh, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And um, then I got conscious on what it means to listen. And as far as technology, because I wasn't weaned on it, Mm. uh, I don't like to look or hold my phone. I don't like to have it near me. Like, we're sitting in front of each other. I don't have any technology Mm -hmm. here. Uh, Because I think that it is a barrier to to listening and to speaking clearly and feeling like you have the time and space to respond organically as opposed to, I need to be thinking about the next thing. Talk about how
0: you have, like, some creative ways to bring creativity creativity into a rote job let's say somebody's listening here someone's sitting at a desk or, or commuting to work and gets to a desk where all day long they have to I don't know copy edit how can that person bring creativity or that type of, of role how do you bring creativity to those kinds of jobs or maybe it's a coder yeah. which can be creative actually Totally, but, absolutely. Um, but so, but so what are some tips that you have that we can leave our dear listeners with The world according to Tanya.
1: (laughs) So first of all, the easiest thing is to get up, to literally get up from your desk and go for a walk. Stanford did a study on walking and creativity. And by literally you being in motion, you're disrupting your habits and patterns that are actually... Keeping you stuck, and you will find that when you get back to your desk, even if you're taking a five, ten minute walk, you will have more energy, focus, and creativity for your in, work. Even
0: inside the office. Yeah, so get- it's
1: literally about getting up and moving your body. Because, you know, think about what you're doing when you're stuck in this cycle of like, oh, I hate my job, or this is, I can't solve this problem. You're sitting at your desk and you're typing away at your computer. You need to disrupt that action. So that's number one. And then two, you know, uh, in terms of taking breaks, you can take a break that's creatively focused in nature. So, for example, you can say, okay, 10-minute creative writing session. The topic is your mother's hands. Go and just write. Or 10-minute dance break. the, The genre is hip hop and da- and dance for 10 minutes so instead of taking a lot i notice this a lot especially in corporate culture is people think that they when they take a break that they're not doing their job their boss is going to look down on them that they need to be working hard but they're getting less work done mm. so in the book i tell i call these exercises productive disruptions because actually taking a break from this you know this stuck cycle will help you wave to Ingrid Ingrid this is a great person
0: just wave okay so she's one of the more creative people in this building that she just brings her 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 aura in here and and you know it's so funny because I think about the people that just always make you smile or often those people who are not doing those like stuck in your role sitting at your desk those types of people they are the people who sort of bring joy to whatever they do and even when she is like literally she had to hold my hand through a new payroll system or a s- expense system and i'm like screaming and yelling at her and i'm like i don't get it i don't get it she's like stop it listen to me and like but with a smile she is did you see that you like get her aura through the glass yeah i
1: totally just gave an air hug you can't see that yeah. through the radio waves but, but i mean
0: that is the kind of like and, and so what some of the things that i think about when it comes to getting up and out is also surrounding yourself with people who actually nurture that in you absolutely So if your boss isn't like that find someone at work who is like that totally and
1: that's something that I do and that I preach the good word of is assemble your own teams because a lot of times we get stuck in a team that is not supportive not helping us achieve the larger mission of the organization and so assemble your own Nobody said to take permission and pick your own. I like that. So we're gonna take a walk, and outside's better than inside, of course. Uh, yes, and also when you go outside, you can actually, if you're not looking glued to your phone, you can have interactions with human beings. On the street and and I've met I go in to get a coffee and I've met baristas who are actually musicians and I've given them contracts to come and perform one of curated shows That so, is so cool uh, that's yeah a good, that's a good yeah. that's very yes. good so walk look
0: up do you know on um, a, a guy named Cal Newport we had him on the podcast he wrote a book called digital minimalism and he he's great he's a Duke professor incredibly smart and I really I think between him and we had Daniel pink on and now listening to you that that this idea of like get out of the of the cage you've created for yourself I think you're right I think a lot of people are just scared and they don't want to seem this way or that way but taking a walk around the building going to visit somebody in a different part of the of the organization that does something completely different than what you do getting that that feeling that's that that is outside of what your routine is right Yep. I often find that my greatest ideas come when I actually because I do a lot of work from home because I have a radio line at home and uh, I do a bunch of radio hits and then I get off the air and I lie down on the floor with the dogs and I rub bellies and amazingly new ideas come up yes it's like the genie it's like rubbing the bottle the genie comes out I rub Charlie and Trixie's bellies and an idea comes out
1: I'm gonna have to be more Cognizant of that because I have gave birth to a French bulldog named Felix. When I mean, people are like, where would you get him? And I'm like, whoa, I gave birth. Of so it's also did. a litmus for me to see if I want to hang out with that person. If they're icked out, they don't understand the love.
0: Tanya Catan Before we leave, we always ask our bookend question. Yes. Your best decision was getting a theater degree, mm-hmm. financially. Yes. Uh, and career, really. Yeah. What was the worst?
1: Oh, I got to dig deep. Mm-hmm. Hold the line worst financial decision maybe it was the my debt. 20s you yeah, know again. I know okay worst financial decision was when I was in my 20s was maxing out a credit card mm. uh, you know it felt awesome at the time and uh and then when I eventually paid it off I never use a credit card I always use debit cards I I know that's my role I buy I and when I bought a car I buy it for cash that's great Tanya Katan. The
0: book is Creative Trespassing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Thanks to Tanya Katan. Her book is Creative Trespassing. Don't forget we drop new episodes of Jill on Money every Tuesday and Thursday and sometimes a Friday bonus too. If you would like to subscribe, just go to any place where you find your favorite podcast Apple, Stitcher, Radio.com, Google Play, wherever. If you'd like to get in touch with us, just send an email ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Telercio is our executive producer. We're distributed by Cadence 13, and the show is presented by Marcus by Goldman Sachs. See you next week.